Hey, what's up, guys and girls? Internet guys and girls? Internet guys and girls! This it's is epi- episode... You go. It's the episode... It's episode two. It's the second one. We did the first one. If you didn't listen to it, I don't know how you found this one, but congratulations. Hey guys, welcome to RL Knots podcast number two. Today we're going to talk about some upcoming events. We're going to shit on Ben-Hur a little bit, a lot, and we're going to answer some questions. Yeah, we're going to hit questions you guys floated out originally. We just didn't have time to, to hit even a fraction of them, so we'll just continue. A lot of these questions are sort of uh, timeless, so we can kind of hit those evergreen. Point. They're evergreen. That's, evergreen. That's the, uh, the industry term for a YouTube video that isn't a one-hit wonder, I guess. Is that how they do that? So, so anyway, yeah, we... Uh, we're going to start off with some news, right? Yeah. Some, some uh, upcoming events are happening, which is really cool. We are going to XOXO Film Festival. In Portland, Oregon. Yeah, we're really excited about that. We're going to be doing... Um, we're going to be on, a, I guess, a panel uh, discussing yeah, we some are of actually, our work and... Some work and some of our... The pro, I guess our process in the industry. The festival itself is a it celebrates independently produced art and technology. So we're really flattered to be in, involved in that, and that is happening on September eighth to the twelfth. So if you're going to be in the area and you happen to have tickets to that festival, uh, come say hi. We will see you there, or not, because it's sold out. <laughs> I don't know. So mean. Yeah, but uh, yeah. What else? In uh, other news, other news, we have begun the maddeningly insane process of episode five. We've been working on the story. We're in it now, doing some uh, vo- vo- voice work and some voice work, some voice work. So we're in there doing some vote. Uh, <laughs> we're in there doing some voice work, uh, getting our story together. I, th- I think you guys are gonna be really psyched for this one. We will be premiering some of that stuff at XOXO, which is pretty cool. Which. Uh... On a related note, to any of those who uh, on our Patreon page joined us for our attempt at a live stream of our, we were going to screen episode five and sort of, you know, riff on it and make some notes uh, in preparation for our project. And it didn't go so well. YouTube decided, even though it was a private stream, unlisted, and, you know, it was just us talking over it, it was shut down almost immediately by the YouTube, uh, our old friends the YouTube copyright uh, claim system. So that uh, didn't go as planned. Uh, we thank, definitely thank everybody for trying to stick with us and watch it <laughs> through some maddening technical issues. But yeah. uh, we're going to try and iron those kinks out and try to strike back uh, a little harder next time, a little more prepared. Yep. We're so, just going to have to assume that everything we do is going to get blocked on YouTube <laughs> and just prepare for the uh, for the follow-up we'll, actions. We'll follow up with, uh, with another live stream. Uh, that is in the same zone. I, I think the biggest news right now is that Ben Hur debuted with eleven million dollars. Um, that is news because <laughs> I didn't even know it'd come out yet. The last time I saw it was that it was going to, and that people were kind of laughing at it. Yeah, Bagu wrote to me and was like, "Hey, uh, Ben Hur bombed at the box office," and then he, I was like, "I don't even know. You know, I don't. I haven't been really following it." And then he said, "Yeah, you know, the film had a hundred million dollar budget. I didn't know that Ben Hur." had a hundred million dollar budget. Did you know that? Is that like, I mean, I just assumed it was it a did, serious, cause... it was a serious release. This film was, was a blockbuster what's, release. What's the time period here? How do movies that come out at the end of the summer typically do? Is that like a good time to release a movie? I don't, it doesn't seem like, I, I it don't, would be. I don't know, but, but 11 million at the box office is abysmal. I feel kind of bad for them. It's pretty bad. Uh, I mean, I guess they also kind of, um, 
Fast and Furious the action in some way, which maybe didn't. I mean, I get there with like, like a chariot chase. They yeah, tried to cut it. Chases, like, yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> they tried like, to cut it. With did they drift in their chariots? <laughs> there were probably so many factors. Let me ask you another for question: what, for, what ha- for what went wrong? But was the Rock in it? Because I'm pretty sure I wish the Rock. So was that's in what it. that's what went wrong. The Rock was no. In the it. Rock was not in it, but the who was in it is Morgan Freeman. Oh, yeah, and he's sort of. This is going to sound terrible, but I have a hard time. There are some films where Morgan Freeman just comes off as Morgan Freeman. You know, like I think he, Robin I Hood. think he reached critical Morgan Freeman mass, like at the end of the '90s. I think that was pretty much his. There's just a point fate. where him playing some guy. I don't know, like uh, in Robin Hood. I just, it, I just saw Morgan Freeman. You know, it's some what movie. What movie did that to him? Because at one point he was an actor that he could play, uh, that can play characters. Did you ever see? Uh, did you ever see Lean on Me? That was. Um, I haven't seen Lean on Me. That was in a fierce Morgan Freeman role. He was like the principal that was brought in to clean up a, a school that was, I think they had to bring him up to a certain uh, number on their standardized testing. Yeah. And he kind of hit it with this like drill instructor enthusiasm. I think one of the most iconic images is of him with a baseball bat. <laughs> and it was just always sort of the uh, the veiled threat that he was just going to just pummel you with this bat if you didn't do well in school. Oh, we're looking at a picture of him from Ben Hur. He's looking very. Uh, it's an interesting. Uh, he just does he have cataracts now, or are those know, like contacts? I don't know. It's just hard for me to see him and not see Morgan Freeman He's being Morgan this Freeman. dude. So that's what we're trying to figure out. When when did he just become Morgan Freeman and, and be unable to play a character? <laughs> Was that uh? I mean, like the the Almighty Bruce movies were pretty. They wore that on their sleeve. They're like, this is Morgan Freeman. You know, like some some actors just. Don't that doesn't happen to them, you know? I maybe it's I don't know. You know, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has got some range still. Right? He still has some range. We brought him up last week too. I think every episode is going to have a, a shout out to Tom Hanks. We did Mazes <laughs> and Monsters last week. I mean, Denzel Washington just he, continues to rock. Yeah, the Denzel's guy is unstoppable. But I never just see Denzel Washington. I always just see a character. We brought up you know, Denzel Washington last week too. Did we? Yeah, the, yeah the, I brought up the Equalizer. Oh man! All right. But that's what's funny. about I love. I'll, you know what? I'll I'll always go check out a movie where Denzel is upset about something, and that's usually always <laughs> Equalizer. He was the Equalizer is him just being perpetually upset and just taking it to. Uh, did you ever see that one? It's like a remake of the old 80s no, show. No, I've never seen it. This is. Uh, he's like they never. What I like about the, it's like uh, first of all, it's a shameless just like. Uh, I'm a badass covert like action movie, but he's, he works at like a Home Depot and he clearly has a past as they always do, but he's like some unknown badass and they never really get into what he does. Uh-huh. He's just like trying to leave it behind <laughs> as they always do. These are all very like cliche things, but the way it's, it's Denzel Washington. So he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> and he's just like, he keeps trying to stay out of trouble, but people keep fucking with the people in his life. Yeah. And that's where they mess up. <laughs> so he just kind of like in his own way just like he equalizes he equalizes <laughs> but yeah he's uh, Denzel Washington's my favorites and he is totally capable of still busting out of that that Denzel Washington mold and being a character there, there are just some actors who seem for some reason naturally that they can do that and others who I just I just see them the yeah. actor I had the same problem with not to harp on it and everybody's talked about it but I had the same problem with Ben Affleck I know he was actually pretty good as Batman with, with what he had, but 
He's always I, just I bad. just couldn't help but just see. I just couldn't get into the. You know what I, I think? Couldn't get out of the, the headspace that he was just Ben Affleck. It's kind of weird. I think he he makes a good Bruce Wayne, in my opinion. He made a great. I think, he made a great Bruce I think, Wayne. I think Bruce Wayne is just Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind he just of, was just raised to to be as Bruce Wayne as possible. Kind of a smarmy like. Could you imagine Bruce Wayne in real life? I mean, the closest th- thing we have yeah. is Donald Trump. He's a guy with enough money to kind of do whatever he wants. To, just, to, to buy the hotel <laughs> to that buy, he's yeah. staying at. Yeah. It's um, like, I don't know if anybody in that, like that in real life would fight crime in a bat costume. That'd be pretty interesting. You know, Ben Affleck's uh, Bruce Wayne, though, he lacked any kind of charisma. He didn't have that sort of playboy charm. They, yeah, but they didn't really get over. into that. Yeah, they were pretty much just hit the ground as Batman and just started running. They didn't really get into like his backstory. I guess he went to parties and stuff, right? God, I just want to start shitting on this movie so badly. <laughs> Superman standing there. He's he there. says, who's that guy? Who's that like guy? A, I'm like, the number one reporter. Wayne is. Hey, listen, I'm the number one reporter in the and not only in the room, but in the world. Who's that guy? <laughs> Who's, the, who's that guy? I've checked my sources. I don't know. I can hear his heartbeat and read his thoughts or whatever his made up power they give him <laughs> at that for, you know, for the, the convenience who's sake. Who's that guy? Oh, God. Who's no. that guy? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Well, for some reason, I think it's a good idea to introduce a billionaire to some low level journalist for no reason. Yeah, we don't, you two have to meet. We don't give a shit about how Lex Luthor even knows who they are either. We just have to imagine some situation where he figured it out yeah we, well we he figured know. out who you know aquaman was <laughs> yeah he's got all the files on he's them got the files he's got the QuickTime files uh, all right i'm not let's not go down that let's not go <laughs> we down could do that this road. forever we could de- i mean maybe we'll dedicate an entire podcast just to shitting on because cinnamon sense cinema sense has nothing on on us when it comes to getting down on on, on batman oh. versus superman Let's not we did, we did it. I kind of wish you guys could be there with us when we watched it together in the theater. There were moments when we just turned and looked at each other and we're just like, what, what are we going to do? We're going to have to do something with this. What are we going to do? And we didn't do enough. Well, the flash stream <laughs> was a big moment for us because I'm, I'm into comics. I understand uh, Easter eggs that, you know, that are meant for like the deep, you know, uh, the, the deep fans. And when the flash showed up, I had no clue what was happening. <laughs> I was legitimately confused. And I was, was Wave Rider. I thought it was Wave Rider. <laughs> Wave Rider is a character in the DC universe that can open portals. He lives in you know in another dimension between uh, our you know like the uh, alternate realities. Yeah. And he can kind of travel through time. He's like a documentary filmmaker. He tries not to get involved. Dropping but, in to offer little nuggets of yeah. information, get the scoop on on whatever's happening. So we got a guy that just shows up in a portal who's not dressed like the Flash. He's wearing a uh, like a suit of armor dude okay let's talk about this all right the flash even in uh the justice league apparently his suit is made of metal what what is going on that is an, yeah, why is he running around in a suit made of metal i guess so is like is that a thing you know the comic books better than i, I do. do and i'm not quite sure like i was never super big into the flash i mean if you're gonna look at like superheroes to idolize a guy that can run fast is pretty weak, you know. But he can but run so fast that the molecules in his body. Well, that's what they had to do. Through. They had to keep trying to like, like take his powers to the next level to make him more interesting. Because like, you got you started off with a guy who's like, who's definitely gonna steal home base every time there's a pitch. You know, like he he's really good at baseball. <laughs> that's that's the the most you could do. Um, <laughs> but then they like, and this started with that old Super Friends cartoon, the one that was like, OG. 
terrible animation. Yeah. Like, you could tell it was... This is when you learned as a kid what a sweatshop was, because you were like, who made this cartoon? Why is Superman's hand green all of a sudden? And you're like, oh, slaves made this. <laughs> you were like, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so they started doing weird things with him, where they just gave him a new power. He could fly some episodes. And wow. other episodes, he would just vibrate through walls because he was moving so fast. Yeah. He could, and it just, whatever they needed him to do that episode. Um, this was also the show where, like, somebody decided that the heroes couldn't actually fight because they couldn't depict violence that way. So they just threw people at, at everywhere. <laughs> so Superman would just pick things up and just, like, pick enemies up and throw them at other enemies. And that was the extent of them being able to use their abilities. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was... That maybe Zack Snyder should take a page out of that. He might have actually, and just have all the you know just a lot of throwing. No, he didn't because Batman uses like an AK forty-seven in this movie. <laughs> he is definitely allowed to inflict violence on people. Oh, Batman! Yeah, no, he uh, he also attaches homing devices to trucks, and then destroys the trucks in a ground pursuit for no reason. <laughs> That's awesome. That made a lot of sense. Remember when he shot the homing beacon onto the this truck might have been and then immediately I... attacked the truck for no reason instead of waiting for the homing beacon yeah, to get it wherever going? it's going? What's, what is, who missed that? Like Superman who, did. Who missed, <laughs> who missed the, nobody watched the film? Do you think Zack Snyder just, he doesn't have any friends who were like, dude, you can't do that. He, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to admit, this is when I stepped out to go get chicken fingers. I actually did, came back and I was like, what the hell just happened? Why is Superman standing in like an exploded truck punching Batman's car? Ah, uh, <laughs> no. But it's true. You know, that's a that's an important thing, I think, that every uh, filmmaker, artist, whoever, you got you got to keep that friend around that just is... Keep you just, in check? Yeah, he just is straight with you. Cause he, cause do we you guys keep each go other in back. check? We do kind of keep so. each other yeah. in check. We've gotten a fight We've, over... People dying in Predator. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We got into a serious fight when you, we were trying to count. You guys, mi- you guys missed a pretty epic. Uh, and I say that as if like you just didn't show up that day. Um, there, we were doing the Arnold Schwarzenegger kill count, and we got so intense with the process, and so it, it kind of ruined us for a while. And we were so serious about making sure this count was perfect, which of course it was not. The day we released it, we we spent so much time. We fought over like three guys exploding in Predator. And we missed like a blatant dude from Last Action Hero, mm-hmm. but we like the argument was hilarious. Like, the whole reason it stopped is because we just started laughing. Because Craven was like, "Oh, so I guess since those guys didn't die in real life, <laughs> that they're not actually dead on camera." <laughs> I remember how we got there, God. but I think I was saying that those guys were definitely dead, and that God God help us. So yeah, that's yeah. that's an interesting tangent from Ben Hur though. So we got to follow. Maybe we should go see Ben Hur. Oh, we have to see Ben. Maybe we should just watch Trailer Latino and see how it goes. Let's do it. All right, we're going to watch Trailer Latino, Ben-Hur. I've never seen anything about Ben-Hur. Here we go. ¿Cuánto tiempo fuiste esclavo? Cinco años. ¿Cómo te llamas? Ben-Hur. Mi familia fue traicionada. All right, so yeah, we just watched the Latino trailer for Ben-Hur, having never seen any previous media for Ben-Hur. It looks... Probably more interesting in Spanish than it did in English. Um, I had no problem uh, believing Morgan Freeman was not Morgan Freeman with a, with a Mexican voiceover. <laughs> that's the takeaway here. Yeah, that's the takeaway. Yeah, maybe we'll do uh, a version like that. We no, should. Let's not do that. We should, we should redub it in Sanskrit. Um, that was a weird trailer. I'm not gonna. It looks like it was made for TV, like straight up. 
And I feel like a lot of these, God, I feel these so... Spartan type Greek Roman films, they all just want to be like Zack Snyder's 300. They all have that same real CG'd artificial feel to them. That uh, you know, it's a tough call. I mean, like the big budget, sprawling epic cast of thousands thing. I mean, I don't know that that's actually still you know period pieces. I just don't know if that's what people are really. I don't know. Well, they don't. Nobody wants that, apparently. Like, the numbers don't lie. Yeah. At least not Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur. But, but, but it, it might have been a marketing fail, too. God knows. I feel I feel terrible. You know, a studio puts everything behind it, and it's like, that's terrible. Well, I don't, though, because studios pass on probably much better projects for these, like, remakes and these, like, supposed sure things. You know, like, the original did well. Why wouldn't a remake do well? Let's do it again. <laughs> Let's do it. Hello? Oh, let's, oh, let's do and let's do some smile. weird like winky shout out to like Charlton Heston's character in the original. My dad loved the original Ben Hur. It's a great film. <laughs> yeah, it's freaking great. It was one of those like running jokes where it's like, yeah, you guys want to watch Ben Hur? <laughs> it's like almost like the airplane guy. Like you like movies about gladiators? Maybe <laughs> that kind of like offhanded. Yeah, I love it. We very rarely ever felt like watching Ben-Hur. That was much to his dismay. Should we answer some questions? Yeah, we're going to hit some of these questions. Let's do it. Fan questions. There's some great ones out here. I know right off the top of my head, uh, someone wanted to get some book recommendations from us. Ooh. Book recommendations. I don't know if that's like maybe some of your favorite or something like recently that you've read that you really liked. Well, let's see. Uh, There's a couple... I'll, I'll go back a ways and then I'll do a little bit more recent uh, that both have to do sort of with virtual reality. Uh, I'm a huge fan of virtual reality and augmented reality. Uh, one of my favorite books uh, growing up was a book called Snow Crash. Awesome cyberpunk. Uh, one, of the, one of the great classics of cyberpunk. Snow Crash is actually, um, I think Neil Stevenson. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. He, that, that book was widely believed to be uh, providing much of the inspiration for the matrix a lot of people like saw the matrix and were like huh you seem to have bought yeah. a lot from snow crash not just the matrix but uh when people went uh for second life was almost entirely i believe really uh inspired by that book uh so the the actual yeah the actual game um or yeah. world or whatever there there was a part in snow crash that really clicked with me uh not to ruin it for you if you read it but um, it was a a moment that made me really think differently about the way augmented reality and virtual reality w- could work. And it was uh, there's a character in the in the book in the novel who he's confined to a a van. He's sort of yeah. yeah he, I was just thinking about it. He doesn't have guy. use of his legs or his arms or anything. But he was he, like a war vet or something like yeah, that. Right? Yeah, yeah, and he's. He's riding around in a van all the time. He's always on the move. He's kind of just in a bucket, right? Like yeah. attached to like wires. Like yeah, he's, wiring he's like yeah. wired into the inside of this van. Someone goes to visit him in a virtual space and is sitting across a desk from him. And while he's trying to have this conversation with the guy, he notices that the guy is always distracted by these monitors on his desk. Oh, right. And Finally, he comes to understand that the whole time they're having this conversation, he's driving this guy, this guy is driving the van in the real world, and he's looking at his monitors to, to steer the van. To make like, sure it doesn't die. So inside of the virtual world, he has a camera feed to view the outside world that he's his actual physical body is in, <laughs> and that completely blew my mind. Yeah. You know, 
Anyway, those books are amazing. I mean, if you need any more convincing, Snow Crash has uh, like virtual reality and real world samurai battles. It's it's incredible. It's, <laughs> That's great. And the second book uh, from more recently that I really enjoyed just as a quick read and it's really fun is Ready Player One. Is super awesome. Talking uh, about last week when we were kind of talking about eighties nostalgia pandering that yeah well, it, play, it plays of, right yeah. into it and i'm a sucker for it i was kind of excited when i found out that steven spielberg spielberg was going to direct uh and i'm also horrified by that because of how he might you know i mean the, the a film based on that book is going to require a certain amount of edge that i don't know he even has anymore i don't but know he we'll kind of i mean because you look at something like maybe like minority report had this darkness to it. Minority Report's a, a great film. Yeah, it's, no, that's what I'm saying. He has, like, I don't yeah. know if that's too long ago, though. That's no, like, no, I think he's I capable. Like is... And there's all this talk that Magic Leap is going to be involved in the release of the film. Have you heard anything about this? What's Magic Leap? You don't, what? What? Uh, you whoa, don't whoa, whoa. know what Magic, Magic <laughs> Leap? You don't know about the company Magic Leap? No. The big multi-billion dollar super secret Augmented reality well, company. Well, if it's that's... super secret, uh, clearly I wasn't supposed to know about it. No, they did a good no. job. Well, you and I are going to talk about Magic right, Leap. We'll bring All me right. up to speed on Magic Leap. Um, so they're going to be. So there's going to be an augmented reality element component. Involved in... Yeah, that's the. That's the. They're talking about whether or not they're going to be able to get theaters up to speed with some type of other experience. Well, we know how for the, the film well, that worked out for George Lucas. <laughs> it did okay, right? They ended, hey, they ended up like, like converting know, to his they did. desires, right? You know, it worked out for James Cameron. It did not work out for Peter Jackson. No. But I think that probably somebody else is going to pick up where Peter Jackson left off. You know, people do have to take risks. Uh, filmmakers have to take risks with big budget films because otherwise a lot of innovations don't happen. Uh, it's too bad that The Hobbit sucked. Yeah, we appreciate the risks they take, but we also appreciate the ability to make fun of them when they fall. <laughs> Yeah, it's both. It's both. So, what about your book recommendations? Uh, I I'm constantly reading, um, and I just right now I just finished uh, City of Mirrors, which was the third book in this like vampire apocalypse story that was pretty interesting. I think the original one was called The Passage. Pretty lengthy books, but they're interesting. They deal with just like yeah, the world's gone. It's an apocalypse. This is society has kind of formed pockets of survivors that just learn to live in a world where like if you leave your town it's just vampires out there and like they're not like glamorous in any way they're goblins like they live in trees and they jump they leap down and grab you and like they're monsters um i read a lot of like fluff stuff kind of entertainment just because i i spend a lot of time on the train when i go to work and so this i do get a lot of reading done there um we have a chuck wending is a writer that i discovered because he started following us after we even like started a Twitter account after Bane outtakes, um, he was the you know when you get an alert when somebody that's has a high number of followers follows you. He was our first alert that I got on my phone. It was like you have a new follower, and we think you should know about this one. Um, <laughs> he and he, it turns out he's a very entertaining writer of uh, science fiction and fantasy. And I kind of dug into his library um, as he also grew to become a fan of us. I grew to become a fan of him. And as he grew as a writer, he has been sort of given the distinguished honor of writing the first canon <clears throat> Star Wars books 
uh, based on di- the Disney, you know, Disney acquired the franchise and got rid of the entire expanded universe. It was a big controversial mm-hmm. move, but they're like, everything that comes out from now on is official canon. And his novels are the first official canon novels, and they take place uh, after Return of the Jedi, and they build up over time to lead up to The Force Awakens. Yeah, so, I've been, t- I've really been meaning to pick that, yeah. pick up that, uh, that connector. Yeah, they're, and they're great. It's like they start out, you know, and it's um, there's they're pretty controversial. He, he makes some decisions that a lot of people consider needlessly political for like for today's landscape. He's like he has a lot of like you know female leads. There's some gay characters. If you're not into that, I'm just gonna tell you right away, this is probably not the book for you. If you read the Amazon reviews, you see a lot of political. Um, like stone throwing going on and it's just it's a star wars book that's to me it's like i just want to read a star wars book and i and i think he's a great writer he's a funny guy and uh, you know i appreciate all the help he's given us over the years in terms of getting our stuff out there and i have no problem you know throwing it back at him and so the second one just came out so i'm about to dig into that one as well um in terms of like classic sci-fi if you haven't caught up on like there's definitely some like snow crash is definitely a staple um Neuromancer, any William Gibson sure, sure. stuff you got to hit. Um, and one more series I would recommend is uh, just for pure pulp entertainment is the Sandman Slim series by Richard Cadre. Uh, yes. Those are some, I kind of hope they turn that into a miniseries or something. It's such a good modern noir uh, urban fantasy, I think is the, the genre they put that into. The book starts with the main character escaping from hell it just starts like opens up on a graveyard and this guy just bursts out of the ground like covered in burns uh it's it's a it's super entertaining it's it's tongue-in-cheek like black humor and uh yeah he's got like six of them out now and i just can't can't get enough of those guys right on on, let's move on from books questions um okay so someone asked do do we originally have bane singing pump up the jam but youtube blocked it so it let did it lead us to create our own freestyle and the answer is no we had Bane doing his own freestyle originally and we just kind of created an inside joke slash kind of a jab at the YouTube copyright thing because our video got claimed by the makers of Pump Up the Jam, Technotronic because of a a short clip we used of it at the end uh, when Batman was flying away in his jet with the bomb So Technotronic is getting all of the ad revenue for Bane outtakes. Oh, someone also has uh, wants to find out like our our music, um, our music inspiration, particularly when it comes to like Dance of the Fates and Dance Fight '66. Like, what kind of inf- uh, influences had something like that come come about? Music influences are way too deep to That's to a answer long question, yeah. to answer in a, any kind of simple way, but. Uh, just be assured that we are huge fans of um, many genres of music. Uh, a lot. I, I personally like. I love classical music. I'm I'm a pianist, and it, especially twenty first, twenty twenty second, especially twentieth, twenty first. Stop telling people we know how to time travel. Twentieth <laughs> and twenty first century classical music. Uh, soundtrack music, of course, huge, huge fan of sound, uh, film soundtracks and, and then all kinds of electronica, um, spanning over many genres. Decades of worth of it. 
Uh, I'm one of those people that you know, everyone always has that sort of generic answer. Like, I like a little bit of everything except country and hip hop. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I legitimately have favorite musical uh, acts in every genre. Like, there's definitely plenty of country. I grew up on a lot of uh, hip hop and R&B. Um, there's metal that I like. It's all music and it's all a reflection of someone's personal experiences and tastes. And that's sort of, you know, it's a language. And, you know, you learn more about the world by experiencing other cultures. And music is a great place to start with that. And I sort of, yeah. <laughs> I kind of just farted that out by justifying why I, someone could like metal and hip hop. at the They're <laughs> warring factions. They're never supposed to have crossover unless you're doing the Judgment Night soundtrack. A Judgment Night or... Uh, you remember the Judgment Night soundtrack? Or the... Um Spawn soundtrack. Spawn soundtrack, soundtrack too, yeah. is it? It's yeah. actually the same producer. The same guy. He was like trying because yeah. he did the Judgment Night one, and the soundtrack was actually the most successful element of that film. I bet. Which was an interesting film. Like Dennis Leary is the villain, like stalking these oh, guys Judgment Night, yeah. in the ghetto and trying to kill them. Oh yeah. Uh, that Judgment Night soundtrack, by the way, is dope. <laughs> it's got like I'm trying to remember who the uh, it definitely had Biohazard and Onyx was like the 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 flagship track on that one but it had some great slayer and ice tea i think from that ice tea went and actually formed a metal band uh body count <laughs> it did it, it caused waves it also might unfortunately be the birth of new metal uh, <laughs> but we might have the judgment night soundtrack to blame for limp biscuit thanks a lot judgment night soundtrack <laughs> um, thanks a lot emilio estevez you actually hear a lot of our favorite influences in our videos like Depeche Mode shows up, like fucking uh, who else? Uh, yeah, you know, actually, that's a good point, Zach. You know, um, if you want, uh, we used a ton of our musical inspirations in the Star Wars, our Star Wars series. We always put a uh, soundtrack put a track list in track the list yeah. in the descriptions for those. So definitely check those out because you'll you'll see a lot of our our favorite. You know, as we're working the the music into these. Things we like to pull from things that we we like, yeah. and, and that's what like, that's when that uh, we were gonna use Noisia for that scene originally, but then we you, it was it was interesting because you were like here listen to some Noisia, and it was actually that I Am Legion track, yeah, and they I Am Legion hadn't even released that album yet. That was a new co uh, collaboration between them and some uh, some rappers, and so we kind of like got in on that one. Uh, Early and so we were able to hit that before it was even released. Yeah. We actually got people hyped up for this album to come out. <laughs> Not that we got people. We yeah. like the people that watch our videos got hyped. And they never up hit us for the copyright strike. Oh which yeah, was they're the nice. best. I wonder if they know that they're like their song is like like <laughs> essential for this like this base war that happens in space. That we implied their music is so bomb that it could destroy people. <laughs> That song, man. I remember the first time I heard that. That first bass drop was just like... Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That's literally like Obi-Wan when he heard that is literally how I felt when I heard it. I was just like, oh, that beat! It's too good. <laughs> that, um, yeah, and then there's some like uh, Outcast in there. It's all over the place. Young Jock. Young That's, Jock. Young Jock's literally the first track you hear in our Star Wars series. Yeah. It's going down. Yep. And here's uh, one final curveball recommendation for everyone uh, to get them in the mood. Just look up uh, Shuby Taylor, uh, also known as the the Human Horn. Anyway, all right, so that's music. A couple joke questions here. What would happen if Craven were to be exposed to earthly air without his protective helmet? I would die. Straight up. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Would you ever try to get a panel convention with some, of some kind or hold your own via stream, Twitch, etc.? We'd totally be down to do something like that. We've kind of have done something like that. There's been talk about Reddit's, uh, like, Red, like live Reddit. Oh, like an AMA or something like that? Yeah, like an AMA or, yeah, like like an that. AMA yeah. or Twitcher. We're going to be doing live streams, so we can, yeah. you know, we'll be doing more stuff. We have this. done, if you're not aware, we do have a Twitch channel. Just search for Arl Knots on Twitch. If you go into the highlights section of our, you'll see some old uh, streams we've done where it's just us kind of hanging out, answering questions. We do a couple performances there's a live version of In the Zone and uh, oh God, Baby yeah. Time. <laughs> Jesus, help us. Oh, no, those were dope. I rewatched them. They, Good. They, they work. <gasps> well, what else we got here? Maybe one more. Oh, yeah. When are you guys going to do a music tour? I feel like you could do a really fun music slash visual tour showing stuff only on tour that isn't on YouTube. The idea we have enough is... trouble making stuff on YouTube, <laughs> let alone stuff that's not on YouTube. I also don't know if we have enough of a following to justify... A tour. I feel like there'd be a maybe a couple hot towns, and then we'd just go spend the rest of the time just in empty clubs <laughs> with like one stoked person. <laughs> I don't think it's clear yet what kind of a show we would do. You know, our tracks are are extremely produced. Um, that's a that's a nice I mean, way of saying that like neither one of us can sing. <laughs> well, it's not. It's it's. I, I wouldn't say that we're. An act. That's the problem. Yeah, at you this know, point we're it's not, not. Yeah, it's not we're, really. Uh, we're not really. But who knows? Maybe someday, before be pretty, we die, they'd be we'll pretty go, fresh. We'll though. go, we'll go yeah. on tour. Even just joking around that day when we were playing, like you were just like busting out synths and just like kind of fr like freestyling on baby time. Yeah. While I just vamped over there on the microphone about. Maybe we destiny. should. Do, you know, what we'll do. Maybe we can set up a, like a live. Maybe we can set up a live performance, like a straight up live performance of like eight of our tracks and we'll see how it goes we'll do like a a light show that'd be that would be I would be into that yeah I know every once in a while I'll suggest it and Craven will look at me and be like you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> we are so unprepared for something like that we're just gonna look like assholes <laughs> I mean here's the thing if we get a live performance together we'd have to actually like get a live performance together and then we would be gone for six months yeah. which wouldn't even be a rare thing like, for us to do <laughs> and then people and then the entire you know channel would like falter and we would just be back yeah and be like, where were you guys we were your band practice bro <laughs> you got a show to do we're rock stars now hey what's up everybody it's your boy creepy oh yeah like it's not the same as like having the video to go with it yeah and then just doing and then just sitting there rapping about creepy oh problems i don't know anyway well let's do like it a good place to wrap up yeah i'm gonna go let's wrap it home Go home. You can f help us out. At the this is our usual pitch spot. Yes. Go check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Arlnots. You can buy music at yep. Bandcamp. Yes. iTunes. Google Play. Literally anybody that sells music will carry Arlnots. I don't want to do the list every time. You know what it is. Yep, you know. You know what it is. What else? How do we end this? Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah! Woo! I think you just hit the stop button. That's how we end this. Okay, cool. And I actually really like Morgan Freeman, and sorry for shitting on him so hard. <laughs> <laughs>